This is M4 Numbers. And this is Rock Beef Chest, and you're listening to the Escape Craft Podcast. With Tyrus Engineers and our events correspondent and special guest this week of Tibiot, one of our admins. So as always, we're going to start off today by talking to Tyrus. He's going to be discussing the, the results of a couple of events we just had and upcoming events. So Tyrus, what do you got for us? Well, first I'll go over some of the events we've had recently. In the new year, we've had Craft Clash and we've had Tower Spleef this uh, weekend just gone. So we'll talk about Craft Clash first. It was interesting um, that we had a new map. Uh, however, we'd forgotten to actually save the schematic to reset it and also to, um, relo- um, to reload it. So we ended up having to do a, a couple of redos because we couldn't use the map and also all the redstone got pasted over. But we did eventually complete a full tournament, and we did have a winning team. So congratulations to Invernable, Sean Pat 99 Cyrus Samiaza, and Demon Naruto 21 for winning that, because they got annoyed. Their, one of, their team was the one which had to do a replay because, because of the uh, map shenanigans. So well done to them for sticking with it. Anyway, moving on to our... Uh, next event, the one which happened on the twenty on the nineteenth of January, which was Tower Spleef, which was one of the very early events on Escapecraft, uh, which we've decided to bring out of retirement and get it working again. We were very surprised with this event because, for once, Invon didn't win an event he participated in. Instead, the winner was Threshing B twenty twelve, who won a month's royalty on the uh, Escapecraft servers, Minecraft servers. And I think he deserves massive praise, massive kudos for beating Invon. Thresher B, you say? Threshing B, his first day on the server, beat Invon in an event. I had a look at the video for that, and it looks like the final took a little while. Yes, the final did take a little while because um, there were some insane tactics going on, like, I'm not going to move until everyone else has given up. So... We did end up having to use our sort of backup rules of randomly teleporting players around so that they could actually get each other. But yes, a winner did eventually emerge. And as I say, very surprised by it. Hopefully this marks the end of Invon's reign of terror over events winning months and months and months of royalty. I'm just happy a new player won. We've been stuck in update hell for so long. It's cool to see somebody new getting involved and actually succeeding. I was very pleased, actually, because we had lots of new players joining in the event. Um, We had a very high server population compared to how it's been over the updates. It was really good to see all these new players joining in events, and even even players who've been around a while but don't necessarily always join in the events, they're all getting involved. So we had probably the highest capacity event we've had in well, a good few months. Hopefully we'll continue that way. What do you think that they're going to be participating in next? Well, the first, well, the next event on the on the cards is uh, a Commonwealth Garden PvP tournament. And then after that we've got something a bit more interesting, which we've never tried before, although hopefully we'll get some testing done. It's a new event called Warbands, which I've been uh, building with a small team of people. Essentially, without sort of wishing to ruin it, because there are sort of secrets and things in the map, you have two teams in a PvP arena fighting to collect uh, emeralds from the other team, and whoever can collect the most emeralds in 20 minutes, whichever team wins fabulous prizes of probably a diamond block per team, per team member rather. 
and that should be very good. You can also pick classes and things so you can suit your playstyle. And what are these teams called? Okay, the team names for this exciting treasure scavenging PvP game are the Raiders, Everyman, Cutthroats and Underground Thieves, or the Country's Own United Treasure Hunters. Recut and cut. Also, we do we do like your suggest we do like suggestions for big build themes. Although we also do like suggestions for other ones. Don't just give us big build suggestions because we do have a few of those stockpiled. We'll see what we can do. Right, thank you, Tyrus, for that look at the events. Now we're going to move on to the question section with Tebiard. Tebiard, welcome. Thanks for having me on. Right, so with the um, upcoming 1.5 update, as one of the server's leading redstone enthusiasts, I guess you're really interested in what this update brings to the table. What have you got to say about it? Uh, yeah, I've been following the snapshots for it, and quite frankly, I'm very pleased with what they're doing with it so far. Uh, I'm not generally one of the like better builders for fancy stuff. Like I'm floating around warbands now, and there is no way I could have built anything you know, this fancy looking. I'm much more of a, oh, I built something cool in redstone. But yeah, there's... One of the main big pushes that they're going for is analog redstone. So instead of it being, you know, the redstone is on, the redstone is off, it's using the signal strength, and so then you can get other information from that. Sounds horrendously complicated. I'll have to give it a go, but who knows if it'll it end is. well. It, you have to go from the traditional thinking of, yes, it's on, or no, it's off, to, okay, it's this much, which means that there's this much in the inventory that the comparator's looking at. Right, you mentioned blocks like comparators, but what are they, just for those of us who aren't electrically inclined? The comparator is some sort of magic that it can look at the redstone signal coming into it from the back of it and the size of it. So imagine, if you will, a redstone repeater. And it looks at the signal coming into the side and the signal coming into the back. And if the signal in the back is stronger, it's closer to the source, then it will output a signal out the front. So it's saying, like, if this is stronger than this, send a signal. Otherwise, no. There's also a subtraction mode where it subtracts the signal strengths from one another. Now, one thing that uh, we've been discussing is... The TNT carts. Wasn't there an interesting glitch with these at one point during the snapshot, which will hopefully yes, be fixed that beforehand? One I had a lot of fun with and then broke my test world with, which made me sad because I had to go and rebuild everything from scratch. Yeah, there was a bug in one of these snapshots, as there usually is with the snapshots. In this one, if you had two TNT carts on the same track piece and then you pushed them, when they detonated, it it left a rather large hole in the ground. As TNT usually does. Uh, much larger in this case. If anybody has played Tekka or Feed the Beast, think Nuke for the size of the explosion. And the accompanying lag. Okay, so that's some of the features. I'm going to guess that you've had a copy of the snapshot open. So... I'm going to also have a guess that you've had a bit of a play around with it. Got any interesting builds that you've already made? 
I've mainly been messing around with the minecarts and the hoppers to try and build an automated sorting system. And that's been fun, but also challenging. It's one of these cases of there is no way to filter items at the moment that doesn't involve using hoppers and redstone. Sounds like something to add then. Well, on the one hand, it'd be nice to add, but on the other, it's quite nice to have it as a multi-block structure. So, like, you don't just get a magic block that does everything. You have to actually construct a contraption that says, okay, let this item in. Now, I've got to admit, I'm very much looking forward to all of these improvements to the sort of trains and things. Because I, they're one of the things I really liked about Minecraft. In my first ever world, I had a little train system to take me up and down from a mine using powered minecarts with the furnaces, because that was all that was sort of around at the time. Now, do you think this is going to make... sort of trains and things a bit more practical because at the minute they're difficult to use for any large scale projects just because they consume a lot of iron. Oh yeah. Yeah, I do from what I understand of Dinnerbone's tweets on the matter, they are going the route of the minecarts being used to transport items around. As a like going back to Tech It and Feed the Beast and such, in those you move around with pipes. Dinnerbone has said that in vanilla Minecraft it will be moving around stuff using rails. So I do hope to see more well, more minecart variants. I know there was talk of a spawner minecart and other things like of that nature. Now one thing I've heard you mention quite a lot just while we've been talking here is uh, Feed the Beast and Tech It. Is that if you could sort of pick one feature from that, because they are ridiculously expansive mods, to just have in vanilla Minecraft to make it a bit more better, well, a bit easier, or whatever, what would you choose? Because there is a lot to choose from. One feature? Oh. Yes, one feature. One. You must choose. It has to be a good one. I I would go with the pocket crafting table from, I think it's Thermal Expansion, or it's Thermal Expansion or one of the other minor mods on there. Just a crafting table and a stick and then you can hold it and it uses part of your inventory space when you right click it as a crafting grid. So you have a 3 by 3 crafting table with you but if your inventory is full of junk you can't really use it. So you have to manage your inventory to be able to use it properly. Sounds like a good idea. So what advice would you have for when we up when anyone updates Beard? Uh, I would say when we update, just, well, like, when the update comes out, just don't get on our backs about it. It is going to be another one of these major ones where a lot of things change. For instance, the hoppers pulling out uh, stuff out of the chests. I don't think you'd want us to update unless we could guarantee that nobody can put a hopper underneath your diamond chest and nick all of your lovely precious gems. So, Beard, other than the updates in 1.5 pertaining to Redstone and all the programming and whatnot that I know nothing about because I am a rock, uh, do you know of any new upcoming features that are going to affect us builder types, builders of fancy things? Well, as part of the Redstone update, they are introducing a new ore, which is used for all the fancy things like the comparator and the daylight sensor, and that is quartz. And you are able to make a number of blocks out of quartz. The usual block, slab, and stair variants. And there are also a chiseled variant, which looks somewhat abstract. 
and also pillars or hard to describe they're pillars of quartz where it's your traditional looking Greek sort of pillars with the indentations but they're square because it's Minecraft I can see lots and lots of neo-Roman temples and I can see them becoming very popular and then very very sort of overused and cliched oh yeah but hey more to build with that's always good what I can yeah. see is Comic and Nemo salivating at the thought of it. Yeah, that's true. We do have a few very, very skilled builders on the server. Hopefully we'll be able to rope them into doing more events for me. <laughs> mm. And you do these blocks do look quite fantastic. The only thing that hurts me about them is that they are four quartz pieces each. And that's quartz that you can't really get back to use for redstone and such. But, yeah, they do look sort of pretty. Alright, thanks a lot there, Beard. Time to get started with gaming discussion. Uh, before Christmas, we had a show where we went through the upcoming Christmas season. Previewing the new hot titles that were coming out just in time for the holiday. Now that Christmas is over, I'm sure we've all made our purchases and received our gifts, and we're going to talk to you a little bit about the highlights of that. So, Matt, let's start with you. Uh, how'd you make out this Christmas? Right, so in the Steam sales, I picked up a little um, game called Symphony, and it's bad. That's all I'm saying, really. Bad. Wow. In-depth. Yes, it is. Um, because um, I made a review on AudioSurf on my Extra Numbers post in the um, Escapecraft forums about what made a music game good, where you still were able to listen to the music, but you had a fun time doing whatever the game wanted you to do. With this, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's like a shooter thing, but you can hardly make out the music, and it just doesn't make any sense. The story, if you can call it that, is weird. It's weird, I tell you. Is that good weird, as in sort of quirky and funny, or is that just weird as in stupid and obscure and hard to get into? It's stupid and obscure and only happens about once every five games, five levels. <laughs> So, so it's not an in it's, it's not a deep story then. No, it's just. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it for anyone who looks at it. It's no. So one to avoid then. Yes. Right. So, Tyrus, you've been questioning me. What about you? What did you find on the sales? Well, in terms of buying games for myself, I didn't get too many. Uh, I got Medieval 2 Total War, which I've enjoyed because it's one that I played quite a while ago and just wanted to get back into it. I'm enjoying that. I'm not very good at it. Um, in terms of games I was actually given, I was given Bastion by Escapecraft's own uh, uh 12, which I really, really enjoyed. Completed it very quickly because I just kept playing it. I thought that was very good. I loved the art style, I liked the music. Found the narrator kind of annoying, but it wasn't. It, it was hardly impacting the game too much. Uh, and the other game I got given was by one of my friends called VVVVV, I 
think that's the right number of Vs, which has been out for ages. So I'm probably incredibly late, but I really enjoyed that as well. It's a very it's a challenging platformer, reminiscent of Spectrum games like Manic Miner and things like that. Even down to the naming of each room in the missions, and I would recommend both of them. I agree with you on Bastion wholeheartedly. I love that one. That was a fantastic game. Really entertaining. And the narrator was kind of annoying. I, I can't believe you two find the narrator annoying for that. The narrator was one of the best parts of that, alongside the rest of it being awesome. Well, the storytelling aspect with Bastion was what sold it to me. But we're not here to talk about Bastion and Rock. What did you find? Well, strangely enough, I stayed away from Steam this holiday season. I did pick up uh, the uh, Bastion. I picked up a couple other things, but that was long before Christmas. I ended up picking up uh, the normal AAA fare, uh, things like Assassin's Creed 3, Far Cry 3, which we talked about last time in depth. But one thing I was given that I have to talk about today was the Family Guy uh, return to the multiverse game. And holy crap, is it awful. Well, the Family Guy TV show could be annoying. I mean, it has its hits and misses sometimes. But what you find out when you play the game is that the the people who censor television, in the, at least in the United States, uh, they actually do us a really good service sometimes. Because left to his own devices, uh, the writer of Family Guy, uh, what is it, Seth MacFarlane, would be even more obnoxious, and it's very prevalent in this game. The jokes are standard Family Guy fare, making fun of religions, making fun of women, just uh, that kind of thing, except for it's not tempered. It's not tempered by any type of censoring whatsoever, and therefore it's just over the top. Sounds like it could be a controversial game, then. Oh, it could be a very controversial game if it was actually played by anybody. (laughs) The key to controversy is you actually have to have a lot of people see it. Oh, man. And I'm comparing this to my thoughts about the Stick of Truth. I, I might revisit this issue when South Park's game drops, because it's a comparative type of idea, both games based on controversial cartoons. A family guy plays as a third-person shooter where you take the role of either Stewie or Brian. Uh, Brian has standard armaments guns. Stewie has fantastical armaments like laser lasers and death rays and such. And you run around in a cell-shaded, very cartoonesque environment going throughout the multiverse. The multiverse being multiple dimensions and where various shenanigans happens. The game is hard to control. It's buggy in that it has drop-in-and-out graphics glitches constantly. The humor is sophomoric. It's absolutely puerile. The Take, for example, the character Mort. Mort Goldman is the, the Jewish character in Family Guy. And in the cartoon, they, uh, they, you know, they're pretty bad with the, the Jew jokes. In the game, it's beyond bad. It's getting into seriously offensive territory. And I cannot stress enough that it just needs to be burned. Just burn all the copies of it. And I am not one... Not like burning books or burning... uh, Massachusetts is wanting to burn a bunch of video games. This just needs to be burned because it's a product of the devil. 
<laughs> so, you're not mincing your words there, strong opinion. So we've gone from good storytelling and things like that in Bastion to a crude and, well, as you say, immature sounding game. Yeah, yeah stay away from, even if you're a Family Guy fan, stay away from it. and <laughs> It's just not worth your time, and it will actually make you dumber by playing it. So before I rage quit this podcast, just out of pure, vile disdain for the Family Guy game, I'm going to dump off to Beard. So, Beard, how'd your Christmas season uh, find you in the games department? Well, I did go on Steam for the Steam sales, but I didn't really buy as much as I did last year. I picked up a bunch of DLC for Magicka which is always a very fun game with friends. Uh, Torchlight 2, uh, Civ 5, and picked up Ace of Spades to see you know, whether it was any good or not. And was it any good? It seems alright. They've you know, got the usual you know, issue of some bugs coming out of the gates. I think they tried to release for Christmas a little bit too early. But it definitely seems like it could be fun. How'd you like Torchlight? Uh, I've heard good things about that one. I haven't been able to get around to playing it yet, given university work and such. I played the first one and thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm just looking forward to the second one when I get time to play it so that I can play it co-op with people. Before we wrap up for the day, we owe a belated thank you to the band Big Motif for providing this, their song Bad Cat which can be heard at the beginning and the end of this episode and a few of the other episodes. This kick-ass blues riff is uh, it's quite nice, and if you want, we can provide the information so you can link up with the band, give them a thank you, look at their other stuff. So, once again, thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. Right, thanks, Big Motif, again, for the wonderful intro and the outro. And... A reminder for everyone, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and subscribe to us on YouTube. And we'll give you updates on what's coming next on Escape Craft and surrounding areas. Anyway, thank you for listening. I've been M4 Numbers. I've been Tebeard. I've been Tyrus. And I'm Rock Beef Chess. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Troubles out of you may find Try to seek shelter But too many follow too close behind But still you, you keep running Running around the bed cats back in time